What's up, people? This is episode 61. How y'all doing, man? This is, And the episode starts. This is Sports Debate Tuesday. And the episode starts right now. Gotta give the people what they want. Gotta get the people what they want. What's up? I feel like I'm in a rush, man. I'm talking really, really fast like that dude, John Muschietto, who played Blur from Transformers. Hello. Good evening. Good afternoon, wherever you guys are at. This is episode 61. This is Sports Debate Tuesday. And along with my man, Rob, keep it McLean, McLean. I'm Jason DeBeas, your co-host with this. Uh, not a whole lot to cover, just a little bit, but you know we can make a little bit a whole lot. So uh, very interesting thing on to shame or not to shame. Major League Baseball's pulling pulling their all-star game out of Georgia. We're going to talk a little bit about that. I got a big shout out at the end, covering a trailer load of volleyball because, Rob, it's our wheel house. <laughs> but first things first. Right now, as we speak, we this is Sports Debate Tuesday, but we record, we pre-record Monday night. So right now, as we speak, Baylor is playing Gonzaga. So we are going to be prisoners of the moment, or this everlasting moment of this magnificent shot by by Jalen Suggs to to put the dagger in UCLA's hopes. First of all, before I pose a question, big up to you, you um, UCLA, right? They had a playing game. Uh, just to get in and then upset this team, upset that team, got lucky, got good. And and everyone thought, right, not one person thought that you would see a tie game with four, with four or five seconds left or just under seven seconds left. Not one of us. And potentially could have won, right? They were charging foul or whatever from winning, for not even, uh, for winning before it even got to overtime. So, Rob, consolidating our question to the, to the one big one. All the years we watch NCAA, March Madness. This put the madness back in March Madness, by the way. Rob, the question is, can you think of a better shot than what we've seen over the weekend? Um, you know, it's hard <laughs> to say that any shot's better than the other. Um, you know, my favorite shot, just because, you know, I'm a Duke fan, but also it was just like the perfect kind of play where Grant Hill threw it down the, uh, Christian Leitner, and then he, you know, did a turnaround jumper from the free throw line. Dude, I mean that was just picture perfect. So to me, I, I think it was a little bit more lucky. Um, but you know, he got the opportunity. He took the shot. You know, he kept good form, and and, and he made it. So um, good up to him. But I, you know, I think it's in the top five. And I, I think if a shot, and we're talking about it, you know, today as in it's yesterday, um, was the shot was made. Man, if that's already a historic shot, that should just be enough. You know, yes. when, when things are that great, it, it, you don't really need to be the best. It's just great. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> so. listen, for everybody listening at home, I owe you an apology, right? This is almost a setup thing because, you know, if, like if LeBron does, does something great, you're prisoners of the moment. And, and it's like, isn't he the greatest of all time? And everyone's like, no, nope, no, nope, Jordan is. And, and I think I kind of... Um, gave them a setup question where it kind of dumbs down uh, their momentum and, and kind of sounds like a little player hater question. But over the weekend, I was a prisoner moment. I was like, this, that's, the, that's the best shot I've ever seen <laughs> in my life. And the reason why I brought it up is because my answer is no, it's not the best shot I've seen in the history of college March Madness. But um, 
it ranks in the top five. Um, highlighting what you said before about Christian Leitner, uh, that turnaround jumper in 1992. I mean, that's a Grant Hill thing. Oh, my God, that was pretty pretty darn good, right? Um, highlighting, of course, number one should be Villanova. Like, North Carolina tied the game with X amount of time left, and then Villanova right. shot a three to win. So, And that was a final, right? The Duke game you're talking about, that was to get into the Elite Eight, right? So Villanova's was to win. Michael Jordan, as a freshman, hit a winning shot, but it was more like an open look. Uh, you know, 18-footer jump and shoot. So because it's Jordan and because it introduced him, people are prisoners of the moment, and they put that as that number one or number two and put that higher than this shot. And and um, it's a finals, right? So, um, so I just named four really, really good shots. So I put this shot number two. I mean, he had momentum. He had forward momentum, and it and because it required a little bit of luck. I mean, it was a bank shot. It was slightly to the right, and it was slightly a foot forward. And the and let's just say, uh, um, having money in the bank helps. <laughs> and uh, this this dude's for real, man. This dude's a, this dude's a um, he's NBA material. He's he's. I mean, it was signature for him, Rob, because he put the finishing touches in the game where he had his fingerprints all over it. Right. right. Uh, bring your attention to the block. Right. He gets the block, secures his own steal on the block. Perfect pass for, a, 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 you know, a, a dunk. Not to mention their team took a charge before, you know, that could have been called like a blocking foul. That was a blocking mm-hmm. foul. Boom. UCLA is going to the finals. So they they took some chances where they, they this this instance, they left it into the hands of the referee. And this one, they took charge. So this dude, Jalen Suggs, magnificent. Let's hi- let's also highlight Tiger Campbell, the guy with the the big 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 lumpy dreads. I don't know how else to call him, but he he's had his fingerprints all over us. And what a great finals! I mean, as far as the best shot, yeah. But it's I mean, Rob, if we're asking the question, and I'm gonna give you the floor a minute, if we're asking the question, as far as like finals, it's in, in its entirety, from like the beginning of the clock all the way to the end. Wow, was there one better? I mean, yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, was there one better? It's just insane, dude. Let me, in fact, let me um, I think I have a highlight of the shot. That's the one he did. Here's a shot at the end, just a little walk off, and it's so signature in a sense that he took the shot, Rob, basically where the star was. You know, I yeah, mean, maybe they'll show a replay. There was a star on the court, and. And it's so symbolic, right? Uh, let's see if I got it again. He took the shot. Okay, here's this guy getting his own layup, man. Oh, my God. He took the shot. See who the stars are? It's like, oh, boom. You wanna, it's like stars. symbolically, I'm like, dude, you want to be a star? You want to be a star? Boom. The star's in front shot. of me. Now the star's behind me, and I'm going to the finals. So right now, man, they're losing like 40 to 22 in, in real time as we speak. And by the time this comes out, you're already going to have a decisive winner. In fact, by the time this podcast is over, we'll probably have a winner. But for now, let's congratulate them. Let's congratulate um our women, right? We got, um what was it, um Arizona losing to Stanford. Stanford. Stanford was a perennial one or two the entire season and very deserving. And in all Pac-12 finals, Pac-12's women's basketball is back. You know, forget SEC, forget um, ACC, Big 12, or Pac-12. And the men, right, got four teams in the, in, on the, in the Elite Eight. Oregon, Oregon State, USC, UCLA. Right. Wow. Dude. Whew. So, 
So cool. That's it for NCAA, which leads us to topic two, Rob. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit uncomfortable for me, but basically Michael Rappaport was criticizing Kevin Durant about doing an interview and how uncomfortable and emotional he was in the interview. And Michael Rappaport basically said, you know, like if you don't want to do the interview, don't do the interview. <laughs> you know, this is this is this is this is stupid. So basically, Durant, who we know is and you're probably going to say this in your diatribe. He's a pretty sensitive dude, man. You know, I mean, um, I'm going to give you the floor, but these are some of the texts that were sent back. So this is him saying, just do the effing interview. You're upset about blah, blah, blah. And then he's like, this is Durant's response on the, on the bottom. Tell your baby daddy, Chuck to be better at his job, blah, blah, blah. And then it just keeps going. I heard it all before you cunt. Chuck doesn't need us. That's security, you pale, pasty, cum guzzling bit. Um, I swear I'm going to spit in your face when I see you. And from here, it just keeps going and keeps going and keeps going and keeps going. Meet me here. I can't wait to catch you. I'm going to spit in your face, the P word. Um, and boom, here we Just more of the same. Um, just more of the same. Suck a D. So basically, he got fined $50,000. Um, and eventually what's um Rappaport called his lawyer and now he's like you know p.s want to lawyer up blah 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 you're mad and now it's attacking his wife you're mad as whatever so it's like going too far you want to see see the whole thing (laughs) sorry i was no you're good i was just i was reading it so So it's just all of this so rob i'm gonna give you the floor your reaction to this but before i give you the floor all of this was dm it was private uh, communication and Michael Rappaport, I guess, decided he went too far and released it for all of the public to see. So, I, the question is, <laughs> it's just so weird. Was Durant out of line on this one, or was Michael Rappaport for for um, releasing it, or both? Um, this is a first, this mean, is a hot take for you, man. <laughs> yeah, uh, for me, honestly, I think it's both. You know, they can both be better. I don't even know why that conversation is even happening. Um, Rappaport is a comedian. You know, that's him first. So if you don't get that, you know, I don't even know why they haven't, like, why they're talking. Um, you know, Durant should be focusing on getting healthy, you know, playing for for the Nets, being with his family, if not that. You know, he doesn't need, need to be, you know, on social media. That's the thing is, like, you know, with like the players of this, you know, next coming generation, I guess I should say, it's like, it's okay to be a part of social media, but like, don't, it can still ruin your life just like anybody else, you know, and, and you know, just having your focus anywhere else, uh, you know, or anywhere just in that social media realm um, and not focusing on your craft, you know, it could just hurt your overall productivity throughout your career. So, yeah, I, I think uh, Durant, and, and it's nothing against him, but this is the reason why, you know, he couldn't really win a, a championship in OKC, you know, is there's stuff behind the scenes that people don't really know or talk about that makes him not necessarily have to like be capable of being that number one. Same thing with Kyrie Irving. I think he's capable of basketball-wise of being a number one player for a team, but there are things behind, you know, behind the curtain that, come out sometimes and you're like why i Kyrie Irving's a weird dude <laughs> you know Russell Westbrook you know there's you know they're fantastic basketball players but there are reasons why their game doesn't develop and you know Kevin Durant is 6'11 
You know, that's I'm sorry, Seven, you can't really teach that. Yeah. You know, I think he learned a lot from Steve Kerr and that Golden State offense about how to play basketball at a much more efficient level. Just take mid-range jump shots that no one can defend. And then when the when the ball comes to you at the three-point line, have the ability to shoot again. His efficiency is, you know, through the roof. So I just think basketball is so easy for him right now that he, you know, allows himself to do other things. And instead of, you know, grinding on the basketball court, going in and putting that extra Kobe Bryant-type hours, you know, he's going out and, you know, spending his time talking BS to, you know, a reporter on the sidelines who, you know, who cares what he says, you know? So at the end of the day, you can say, you know, words don't affect me. Um, and we we're talking about being sensitive and whatnot, but there's a reason why being sensitive is, is not a good thing. It's because it can affect you. You know, these words should never come out of your mouth. No one should have to know those feelings that you have. And if that's what you feel, you can absolutely word it better and, 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 and have more of, of an effect on somebody that just sounds like a child, you know, and that's, that's, that's the sad part of it. Like Michael Rappaport can sound like a child because he's a comedian, you know, he's an entertainer, you know, it, it could be a, it ju- a, just a joke, you know, to Kevin Durant, like, yeah, he could be joking, but at the end of the day, you know, that's not really his gig. So it's just weird coming out of Kevin Durant, who as an athlete should just be, you know, a little bit more hard headed or, you know, a little bit more tough skin. So it's weird. It's definitely weird. Uh, I think it's bad on both of them. And that is my diatribe. Yeah, man. Look, <laughs> I, I got to co-sign with you on this. And, and, and as far as the scale of who deserves the more, more of the blame, I just got to do a first take thing on it's just like you. So I'm going to give you some names, right? Like um, John Stewart, right? Um, Stephen Colbert, when he's doing a Colbert report. Um, who else? Jimmy Dore. Um, me, Joe Rogan, uh, Michael Rappaport. A lot of these people are entertainers and they're, they're podcasters. But then when they start opening them, opening their mouth, that makes them sound like a journalist. It's very disingenuous to some of these people to say, hey, I'm not a journalist. I'm an entertainer. You know what I'm saying? When people hold their words accountable to them. And, and, and that's what makes me uncomfortable about Michael Rappaport. You know, the same guy that was calling Donald Trump um, a, 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 a BITC, a bitch right um um he can go sucker whatever this or that and this and that so for me if you open your mouth and 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 you know i'm no supporter of donald trump i don't think either i speak for both of us we don't not exactly our favorite person in the world but but i think the point i'm trying to make is you can't lash out at people like that and have a real a uh, real opinion about them you know, I mean, you're, you're, you have a shtick and you have this online persona, but a lot your online persona sneaks in these things that you're, you're self-honest about. And then all of a sudden, hey, whoa, whoa, I'm an entertainer. That's that's bullshit. That's nonsense. OK. And I don't think Michael Rappaport gets to play the victim. Um, I think if he should dish it, he should dish it, he should take it. With that being said, Kevin Durant is a professional vol- uh, basketball player. All right. Uh, No one's asking him to be a role model for kids, but there is a conduct on becoming a professional basketball player that if you say something like this, you're going to get fined. If you say it in private and if if someone abuses your privacy and it comes out, you're going to you're going to get you're going to get chopped. They're going to give you the chop. And that's what they did. That's what they did to Sterling. 
from the Clippers when when he was talking to his mistress. I was like, why you got to have all these black people here? What is it about having all these black people? A private conversation that everybody was ready to cancel him on, but Mark Cuban warned everybody, look, this is a, that's a slippery, these private conversations, these are a slippery slope. You know, sometimes you give someone a slap on the wrist and sometimes you give someone a death penalty. And 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 this, for me, I think this just, and so I'm, I'm freaking on something here. Ah, there we go. And for me, I think a slap on the wrist and the fine is exactly what warranted this because he wasn't apologetic. He's like, I'm sorry that, that, that the fans hear that. I don't want I don't want fans hear me talking like that. That's not apologizing to them. That's no. that's that's um it is an apology. Like it's like my private life, I like to talk like this. My public life, I know I gotta put on a face. And it's it's this thing where everyone's disappointed, oh you oh you shattered my image of you, and that's bullshit because Anybody that says you're supposed to be the same person at work that that you are in your private life is either a robot or they're perfect. They they live their life more flawless than Jesus or they're bullshitting themselves and they're bullcrapping people. So so I give Kevin Durant a pass uh, as far as what he says in private, but I don't give him a pass because those words and the depth in how he said it matter. You, you are six foot 11 with a seven seven six wingspan. You threaten someone that's not that's not even a lead athlete. Never mind basketball. And I, I mean, right? The only thing athletic about him is his feet. Uh, so, so, um, yeah. I mean, look, Kevin Durant threatens me. I'm gonna have a. I'm gonna take a bat to his knees because I. And then everyone's gonna be like, "Oh, you're not gonna fight him straight up. You're not gonna be a man and fight and fight this seven, this six foot eleven guy fair and square." Okay, no. So as to the question of who who's more out of line, I mean, the, the answer is both of them. But who's more out of line? Rappaport. Rappaport bloviates this, and 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 you incite a known, a well-known, uh, um, sensitive personality like Kevin Durant. How, what What did you think was going to happen? It's Rob. My question to you is, and I've been talking more than you, but my question to you is: is that is that not well documented that this dude is a sensitive cat? You can't even ask him a question at the press conference without him taking offense. He is yeah, such. He is so that, sensitive. He made a fake account. <clears throat> he made he made oh. up a fake a sock account to to troll people back at him who was trolling him. Oh, oh you don't. I, I mean, dude. <laughs> I know. I know that's possible. But mm-hmm. you know, at the end of the day, you know, know yourself. If you're a sensitive person, don't be taking interviews with Michael Rappaport. You know, he's clearly a type of guy. Every time he's on ESPN or whatever, if you don't know who he is, then ask around. You know, but the, at the end of the day, you know, it's 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 much easier to just avoid people mm-hmm. who are acting like that. You know, it's cool and it's funny when it's happening. If you don't want to happen to you, you know, you got to kind of protect yourself in a way that's maybe an avoidance as opposed to, you know, having a aggressively actually do it you know you can be smarter about it and that's what i mean it's like and if he has to say those words i mean that sounded like pretty pretty weak pretty weak talk <laughs> you know that really didn't sound like somebody who was ready to defend defend themselves yeah you know so it was just you know pretty yeah yeah, that's one of them things where we move on, and I, and I feel on. I mean, it's an uncomfortable topic, but since everyone's talking about it and it's a sports debate show, we gotta, you know, we gotta give it its due attention. And now, wax on, wax off. Okay, enough of the NBA, and now we're getting into our our stuff. We're getting into beach volleyball, uh, beach volleyball, baby, because it's our wheel. 
house. <laughs> All right, so weekend events. We got Try and Trevor. There, there was a Hermosa Beach Invitational. Try Born and Trevor Crab um, rebounded from disappointing not making a, the, the big disappointment of not, not making the country quota. Uh, and they beat Patterson and Buttinger over, over the weekend to win the Hermosa Beach Invitational. And... And other news in the Midwest, the Houston, uh, the Houston Open was open to was won by Upstarts, um, Evan Corey, and his new partner. They've been playing um, a few tournaments together. Almost looks like it's going to be a good, a, a, almost looks like it's going to be a, a real partnership, Rob, uh, with um, Logan Weber. So, had a chance to talk to Trevor Crab earlier today, and here it is. All right, hey people, I have um, ex Long Beach State um, alumni. Two-time AVP champion, multiple-time FIVB champion, Trevor Crabb, and most recently, winner of the Hermosa Beach Invitational. What's up, Trev? How's it going? Thanks for having me. Trev, you and um, you and Tri have been at this for quite some time, and I'm going to go back in a minute for that. But for the present tense, was there something in this particular tournament that you guys did well that actually pushed you guys through? Um, were you blocking particularly well? Was the serve to space good? What was what was going on? Um, today? Yeah, I think also a big thing was we were just started to have more fun, uh, just playing and competing again. You know, we've just been pretty much just training for the last two three months and haven't had any competitions really, so that can get kind of boring and repetitive and not that fun. Um, so just that, and also, you know, we uh, switched a little things up on defense. Had have a try block a little more and me stay in the back row a little bit more yeah. and that's been generating a few more points for us yeah hey you're digging and your first step is picked up like significantly mm. over the last couple of years um and you're right there's nothing like real time that that gives you that extra level up <laughs> where you're just like yeah, excited exactly. to play all right um here's my other question you guys for, uh formed this team about three years ago um and you've done well on the international scene of the domestic tour most recently last year. So glad you guys won that AVP title. Right, got that part of your life, got it over with. First time I actually saw you guys um, kind of level up, and I'm sure it happened before, FIVB Las Vegas. Yep, so yep. so what has gotten better from F FIVB Las Vegas, because this draws a picture in your head, up yeah. to this point where you guys thought you showed significant improvement? Uh, I think the biggest thing was our defense, just because neither of us were defenders before before that, you know. Um, and just going into that tournament, we kind of didn't know what we were really doing defensively in terms of our strategy and where our lineup should be. Um, and that's something that we've, we're still improving on, but definitely have, have gotten a lot better on in the, over the last two years. And that's kind of our biggest, uh, was our biggest goal to, to get better at that. Nah, I... Definitely. Again, I've been following you guys for a long time, and I witnessed everything you said worse, uh, firsthand. Last question, and this is for inquiring minds. I bring your attention to Cancun. Got a three three week four star FIVB Invitational. What does yep. your point situation look like, and do you have to do a country quota again for for um, I guess starting with the first one and then going from there? Is that how it works? Yeah, I think we're in the first one for sure, and the second one I think we'll have a buy into the qualifier. And then the third one, I think we're back in the country quota. So we definitely have our work cut out for us. And we definitely need some good finishes, uh, hopefully a couple medals to, you know, pass uh, Phil and Nick again into that second spot. Yeah, I 
you because you guys were ahead before Doha, and now I think you're like right. 50, 50 points behind. All right, yeah. Trevor. Hey, I had you one minute too long, my man. <laughs> Thank you for your I'll time, do. man. And good luck in Cancun, man. I got some stuff to take care of, but I'm going to keep my eye on you. Appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks right. for having me. Hey, peace out. So Rob, Rob, um, um, there's a final question that goes to this, but I wanted to drop this question on you first. Do you see <clears throat> them continuing to split block, or do you see Trevor's defense picking up a little bit, and maybe, maybe they lean towards that, or maybe they, they split block and whoever's hot, um, does that? I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I liked what they were doing, but I, I think it becomes a. There, there becomes a time where somebody does something better. And to me, I think it's just that Try has had so much experience at the net that his block is just always in the right spot. He's always, you know, eyes on the ball. He's reaching really well. And even if maybe he's not as big of a, of, of a block, which I think he's probably even bigger of a block than, uh, than Trevor is, but, you know, his block is so smart that it's a lot easier for Trevor to even play defense. So, um, yeah, I definitely think that Trevor's going to probably end up in the backcourt more often. That would be probably their better lineup. Um, but, you know, if they're serving tough, I, I don't think it really matters. I think they'll get people in tough situations so that they can uh, get some real points against easy easy balls in the court. So, yeah, it was uh, yeah, it's cool to see. And, and to answer your first point, um, yeah, I think uh, it's, it's a lot better for Trevor and Try. Um, because again, you do something sometimes and, you know, you, you take a semifinal at, uh, you know, Rome and then you break a wrist and, you know, the, the, you know, the wheels fall off and then, you know, you never play again. Sometimes that happens. I mean, that happens all the time in the beach game. So for them to come back, you know, play against some top competition, like they're saying, you know, only training for, you know, two, three months, um, it's good for them to get back and, and, and show they're still competing at a high level, you know? Yeah, I also like that eventually they're, they're they're figuring things out. I mean, there's nothing worse. You hear me get old and crabby about some things, but there's nothing worse in the world to me than watching two teams who have played each other 15 times have this this kind of like 15 point or first, whole first set feeling out process where you it looks like so much of the same where like I can leave the game already and already tell you not not only the game but be pretty close to what the score is and. I like that they're making the adjustments because I, I, when they first hooked up, they had more success on the international scene than they did on the domestic tour because I think a lot of people had them figured out more than them. But um, just a matter of cracking the code. I know Jose Leola is a good skills coach, and but I hope they have he or someone else is help, helping them figure out the other, right? So, but before I give you my answer on like who's uh, which one, um, as far as wins are concerned, is more important. I got Evan Corey. And this is this is Evan Corey, looking like the and and the dark, looking like um the emperor. What's up? I got with me the new sensation. I don't I don't want to call him a newcomer because I think he's in many ways he's been here the whole damn time. What's up, Evan Corey? How's it going? I like how you come out the dark from like like the emperor from <laughs> from um Return of the Jedi. You're like so be, <laughs> so be it. Jedi. <laughs> so listen, let's um, uh, uh, winners of the Houston Invitational over the weekend. You and Logan Weber. Was there um, what's? Give me one thing you thought Logan Weber did uh, in that tournament that helped put you guys through, because you guys look really, really dominant. 
I mean, that dude was serving off the charts. <laughs> I mean, he hit every single line I think that there was to hit when he, he was serving throughout the weekend. It was it was a really good serving showing for him. So yeah, cool. So. You've been kind of like a hitman for hire with multiple partners, but I noticed you and Logan have been play- Logan Weber have been playing multiple tournaments together. So um, I guess my question is twofold: um, Will you continue to play with him uh, as as you guys level up in competition? And the second question is: What's one thing you you think you're going to do that's going to help help make this team a better uh, better whatever? So let's start with the first question: Are you is is this a partner for the near and distant future? Uh, I, I think this is kind of the, uh, plan for whatever, uh, I guess the AVP whatever kind of season you want to call it. Cause who knows? I mean, they're still keeping us in the dark about all that. So that hasn't been great. No, um, everyone's been that, in the dark. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, uh, if there is something like that, I think that is the plan for this year. Cool. What's what's one thing you want to do a little bit better something something in a tournament that you're like you know what i think i need to fix that and i think um when when we win this um, i'm gonna do a quick fix here with lt right now so give me one thing that you wanted to 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 fix uh, as far as this chemistry um be it physically or maybe just a mental mindset yeah i think for for me personally for us to get better uh it's just continuing to improve at defense Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, this is now what we're in April now. (laughs) So this is, uh, this is month four of me actually training defense ever in my life. I've always been a blocker. Mm -hmm. So, uh, it's still continuing just to learn, uh, things that I need to do to get better there. Uh, and there's just so many areas you can improve there. Um, for all the blockers out there who think, uh, they have, um, don't have the life to think that blocking is hard. That's a damn lie. <laughs> <laughs> defense is uh defense. I would say is uh, a lot more difficult than blocking because um, there's a lot more responsibility in the game there on you. Cause uh, a, a, a team can um, kind of game plan against, against the blocker pretty well and, and uh, pretty much take the blocker out the game if they want. But uh, then that all falls on the defender and there's a lot of, um, a lot more thinking involved there. Um, I think uh, trying to, to bait and, and stuff like that and a lot of subtle movements, a lot of small things here and there. And um, So, yeah, if uh, you're a blocker looking to become a defender, maybe second-guess second yourself and, uh, and really uh, think if, uh, if that's uh, the way to go because I think it's, um, it's pretty tough. But uh, I've loved the transition so far. I think um, – it's gone pretty well. Uh, definitely some areas that I can still improve upon, but um, learning every day, and I'm just kind of uh, kind of excited to keep keep growing in that way. It's been it's been a fun challenge. Hey, listen, for someone that played um, has played has had to block full time and has had to play defense and split block. I think m- many will refer to you on that as well as um, Trevor Crab, who was just on the previous interview. Evan Corey, thank you for your time, my man. Of course, thanks for having me. That was Evan and Logan Weber, and I got to um, watch the semifinals and the quarterfinals live. I didn't. I didn't watch the finals, but I understand that they they rolled through the competition with relative ease. And um, let me tell you, uh, Rob, you know, like some of these people in their zip code have special powers. Like you, right? You, a lot of these relative unknown beach volleyball players or whatever. You play them in Hermosa Beach, you whooping that behind, right? You play them in Texas, you like. 
this ain't the same team I played in Hermosa Beach. So yeah. there's something to say about the, that they, they travel well. And um, this dude, Logan Weber, his serve to space, coming down like a ton of bricks. So I'm very, very happy for both of them, you know. But as of the question, which one was more significant? Uh, was it Trevor and Tries rebound or was it Weber and um, Corey's uh, emergence? I think it was Trevor and Tries rebound because there's so much more at stake, right? Corey's been kind of like a hitman for hire, playing with this guy, playing with that guy, and only recently have we seen him play multiple tournaments with one partner, and that looks like that's going to be a marriage for a little bit. And I'm not de degrading or, or, or casting any aspersions on, on their their growth as a team or, or their emergence. Of course, that's important too, but as a question, what's more important? Trevor and Tribe, man. They're a couple of points behind Phil and Nick. This three weeks, four stars, man. They they got some work to do. And I, I, I already told you, I admit I'm a fan. I really want them I really want them to see him get in. Me too. Yeah, you too? Yep. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, man. So all right, hey really, really like what's going on there. Let me see if I can cue us up. Because I think you know what comes next. <laughs> We're rolling right along, man. <laughs> I'm going to keep us, um, after shame or no shame, I'm going to keep us, I'm going to see if give us a score update on this game. But right now it's past the half on, and the halftime shows are just, or they're as long as a, as a half and that's so stupid. You know, come on, just get the cheerleaders out there. Have Charles Barkley talk about himself. Have people send dance, tweets about sense. him and let's get back in this goddamn game. What's the matter with you people? But for now, my favorite category, to shame or not to shame. 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 Okay, Robbie, let's do this. There we are. So, Rob, to shame or not to shame, the two... 2021 Major League All-Star Game for Major League Baseball is withdrawing their game from the state of Georgia and looking for another venue because of the past legislation on voting restrictions. Rob, have some fun with this. I'll give you the whole minute if you want. The floor is yours. Shame or no shame? Yeah, so I say actually no shame. Um, <clears throat> on the Major League Baseball because um, I think they've done a great job or uh, most most sport, sports franchises are businesses and they do a great job of minimizing their effect on things they're not trying to take a stance on. So I think the best idea here is not to uh, minimize the issue by ignoring it and holding a, an event there. Um, and, you know, moving venues, uh, you're not going to cancel the game. You know, I think that would be a step even further, you know, so you move the venue, you keep it, you know, maybe somewhere in, you know, the vicinity. So at least the people in that area can still see that, uh, still, you know, drive and see that sport. But, um, you know, I think it's a good job of, of being neutral, you know, not taking a stance uh, in, a, in a public sector about what's actually going on over there, but also not, you know, highlighting or minimizing the, the issue by highlighting the baseball game. So I think it's a great job. <laughs> right on cue, Rob. <laughs> I think I got to go with you. I'm, I'm going to go no shame. I'm, I mean, I could sit here and shame the legislation all I want, but, but I have a big issue with this and allow me to dip my, my toe in the politics for everyone to skip or whatever. I think 
as far as the state of Georgia is concerned, you had an election, you had a, a count. There was some controversy in the count. They had a recount. And then after the recount, they have something called a paper trail, a paper trail being they actually have paper ballots. So now you can match the paper ballots with the electronic voting. And those things came out and there was no um, operative words, no widespread fraud. There might have been one or two cases, but when you consider one or two cases out of 10,000, it really didn't change the narrative. So for me to for to make voting restrictions tighter, which I have no problem with having an idea to vote. I think people, everyone should have an idea to vote, but but to make to to not have it on the weekends to try to close the polls at five o'clock when you know people of color and uh, uh, it's harder for them to vote because they have to work and then you know you, they can't get off work to do that even though election day is supposed to be a holiday and this whole silly thing about not being able to provide food or water i don't know the full story on that but i have no shame in major league baseball um doing something like this and i think it is rob i think it is very very unique because it's the first time the owners, which as far as owners are concerned for major sports franchises, which believe more conservative than, than left, decided to do what they thought was morally right, not and not politically right. They they took they kept politics they gave politics a bad a back seat and I guess there is power through protest, right? Like the the old saying is like Democrats protest but Republicans legislate. They change lo- the laws, but but when Doing the right thing is popular, and the popular thing makes money, right? And and making money or losing money affects people's bottom line. Guess what? You it's know, legislation changes that way too. And and again, Rob and I were not here to get political on anybody. And I I did I I do I do double down on my 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 take on the state of Georgia as far as voter fraud is concerned or whatever, and this and that. Um, for everyone that has a problem with me, come see me because, and when you come see me, maybe we talk about all of the Republicans that, that got elected and got their seats reelected in the state of Georgia, which there have been no complaints about voter fraud about them. So if you're going to sit there and say this is fraudulent just because that person won, but you don't want to have a recount on all the seats, then then it shows me who you are as a lefty or a righty and and i speak for rob and myself we're not interested in that conversation we're interested in human human movements rob um i've been talking over you and something you want to say about that before we go on no uh yeah i definitely don't want to cross that boundary i just you know it 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 pains me to see that people are still you know their mind is a little lost in what the whole process is even about you know So I just think, you know, let's just check on our education system and see what we really want to be teaching our youth about some of that. (laughs) Nice. Cool, man. All right. Hey, let's snap to next subject matter. That was the shame and not the shame. And now our next subject is quick question. Quick question. La la. <laughs> Rob, I laugh at nothing, man. I'm just happy to be on this show with my dude. Rob, a uh, quick question. Diaz. Nate Diaz is gonna fight um Leon Edwards. Uh thumbs up or thumbs down? Um, I think it's a big thumbs up. Yeah, I, I think it's gonna be a 
uh, hopefully a flashy fight. And if not, you know, Leon Edwards is going to lose some uh, pay-per-view points. <laughs> yeah. Well, Edwards is a complete fighter, and I, I don't think he has a problem standing up with Diaz, particularly in a division where Diaz has been ragdolled. If anyone checks Diaz's record at 170 pounds, he is 4-4. Four and four. He's gotten ragdolled yeah. by people like like Rory McDonald and, and, and other people in the past. Conor McGregor, was a, that was at 170, and that was a split. So, you know, it's not like Leon Edwards has to suck down and, and, and get worked at 155. Uh, Leon, um, I think it hurts his bottom line because I don't think if he's the guy that wants the title shot next and maybe people are like, no, you just beat Diaz. But Diaz has kind of been, right? He's kind of been the gatekeeper. It's like whoever's beating him has gotten a title shot because I didn't think McGregor deserved a title shot after splitting with Diaz, you know, that 170 and that deserved him a 155 pound shot with the division he never fought in. The division right now, I think he's two and two in, you know, um, so, quick question. Anderson Silva set to box Julio Cesar Chavez in a boxing match. I don't know. I mean, that I, I like it. You know, it's interesting, but boxing is a lot different than MMA. We've, we've seen that one before. Rob, I would have liked it 10 years ago. I don't like it, but I like I, I mean, he's such an, a polarizing figure. If he's in a cage or if he's in a ring, of course, I'm, 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 I'm going to see it on the replay. I ain't going to pay to see that, but... Um, would have been more intriguing if if they allowed a little uh, like a Muay Thai like a kickboxing match to see if Chavez can combat that instead instead of just the sweet science of his hands. Um, yeah. Quick question: Aaron Rodgers, as we speak right now, is hosting Jeopardy. <laughs> Good idea or bad idea? Yeah, great idea. I mean, Aaron Rodgers do whatever he want in the off season, dude. It's you know? I go good idea because he's a guy that says he's an avid fan and, and he's an avid fan and he studied up. So we're going to find out tonight after the show. Maybe some people can message us as we speak on this one. A uh, quick question, Rob, who wins between, we have a main event UFC, uh, Marvin Vittori and Kevin Holland, Kevin Holland, super subbing. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's pretty big time. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I like, I like Kevin Holland, but I, I think Vittori's you know, on that hot streak and, and you take that fighter. Um, but that's yeah, a tough one to pick. Uh, I think I'd go Vittori, but you know, we'll see. Yeah. I like, I like uh Vittori too. I think Holland loses two and loses two in a row. And I don't think it's going to get him to stop talking. And I think I wish he's the kind of guy you wish he'd win. Cause he's so entertaining. You know what I'm saying? He moves the yeah. needle, but uh, like McGregor, you have to move the needle and win. And that's what gave him his popularity. And I'm, I'm always cheering for Kevin Holland. Okay, quick question, Rob. Who wins between Nina Ansarov um, and Mackenzie Dern? It's somewhere in the bottom of the car, but I think popularity-wise, it should have been more higher up. But I'm not a big fan of Mackenzie Dern, so I'm going to say uh, Nina on this one. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I hope she proves him wrong. <laughs> Look, I'm going on Saroff on this. There's, there's not an individual, even in the matches she loses, there's not a more prepared individual. And in light of the fact you have the greatest fighter of all time as your husband or wife, and, and um, Amanda Nunez as your sparring partner or maybe assistant coach. That, or, you know what I'm saying? It's not like you have to spend time with the family and not watch the video. You, they watch video together. So, you know, yeah. family that, that plays together stays together. So I'm going on Saroff. <laughs> Quick question Who should go early in the NFL draft? Uh, Fields or Wilson? Oh, I mean, Wilson, absolutely. And after today's Sam Darnold trade, uh, I think Wilson's going to be that second overall pick. Enlighten the audience. Enlighten me. What's Sam Darnold trade? 
Oh man, it was the Jets got nothing for him pretty much. I mean, they got a, a cool cigarette, sixth round, a sixth rounder this year, and then a, a second and a fourth rounder next year. So you but, know what, yeah. dude? You know what that means then? They got the number two pick. They're gonna they're yeah. gonna pick Wilson. Yeah, they're gonna pick Wilson, and Carolina keeps their number eight pick. So they're, and they're gonna, gonna get Fields, position player. No, they're not no. gonna get Fields with that because they got Darnold now. Okay, so. I think it's definitely going to be Wilson. Uh, I think Fields, man, I feel bad for him, but I think he's going to be one of the Deshaun Watson type of players where people didn't, don't really see him, uh, don't really you know, think he's that great coming out of college, but, man, he is going to light it up. I really think so. So see what happens. See what happens. I like it. I like how you say that. All right, cool. That concludes quick question. But, Rob, before we go uh, – um, from now on, Women's History Month's over. From now on, this is called Mad Props Monday, okay? From Monday night to Tuesday morning. I got to give mad props to my man, my friend, my brother from another mother, the head coach of LMU, the, the Lions, the LMU Lions women's beach volleyball team, John Dumayer Mayer. Right now, LMU is 16-2 and two with their only losses against against the number one seed in the country, USC, and the number three seed, I think, um, Florida State University. Uh, both teams, I think, remain undefeated. I think there's three undefeated teams on top. LSU has, won, has lost one, but I think that was the USC, and I think LSU is like a true number two. John Mayer inherited this team. The first season, I think they were like 6-13. and 13. I was um, his assistant in 2018, got on board with him, and then we were 22-14. and 14. And in 2019, we were 21-9, and nine, where they eventually won the WCC championships, beating Pepperdine not once but twice because it was double elimination. It had to come out of hell to do it, Rob McQueen. It was the only game his athletic director, his boss, went to, and it was awesome to have a, a, a once a one-off, one-time only impression where, wow, this guy that I hired is the WCC champs. And right now, that they're, because of the pandemic, they're the reigning defending WCC champs. They beat Pepperdine twice, who was ranked number seven at the time. They beat Long Beach State twice. And they're running roughshod with an impressive 16-2 and record. And as far as difficulty of schedule, really only Vanguard's the only weaker team, weaker team and maybe... Um, Maybe San Francisco or, or someone at the end or Georgia State who was ranked number 18. But John Mayer, I love you. I hope you get into the NCAAs and I hope you get the exposure you deserve. You're my, you're my bro. Cool. Mad Props Monday, Rob. Well, I don't got no mad props. but There you go. <laughs> <laughs> you like no love, Cody Garbrandt. <laughs> no. Except significantly handsome, more handsome, and yeah, got those ridiculous tattoos that look like a, a exaggerated necktie. <laughs> Love me some Cody, but what the hell were you thinking when you got tatted up like that? You know, yeah, that's, that's a yeah. tough one. I'm teasing him too, come because he's all about them kids, man. I ain't gonna mess with someone that's about them kids, man. Big up to Cody. Uh, big up to all of you guys that are listening. Rob, before I go on my little spiel, is there something you'd like to say to our listeners before we leave? Stay safe, stay happy. There you go. Rob said it. Rob actually does have love for you people. I, however, don't. Right now, the score is 59-75. Baylor's winning 75-59 with 8.30 left on the clock. So it looks like Baylor is going to be crowned the championships on a true one versus two or one versus one. So I leave you with that. And for everybody watching at home, for all of you watching on your Droid or your iPad or your iPhone, for all of you watching this on your desktop, for my boy Rob, keep it McLean McLean. This is episode 61 of Sports Debate Tuesday. I am Jason DeBeas. 
we're out. <laughs>